We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We are uh, rolling on a Tuesday. A little bit of big news today. Vince D'Addario is in the house for one. Jesse's going to be here in a little bit, but we're starting off with Vince. We might have all three of us for a little bit. I don't know, but it you know, it finally happened. The day after Sam Hartman announced that that he was going to opt out of the Sun Bowl and after a weekend of an you know extra day of hand wringing and all that stuff by some Irish fans, Riley Leonard announced that he is indeed transferring from Duke to Notre Dame. And I found something out today, Vince, that I didn't know before. Did you know that Riley Leonard's great grandfather, James E. Curran, played for Notre Dame, class of 1940? Uh, nope, sure didn't. Just that found this out today. Just that was back out today. That was back yeah. when Notre Dame was uh, extremely good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's that's right. that. That's right. And apparently he grew, you know, he grew up in Alabama. Yep. But uh big enough Notre Dame fan that his favorite movie is Rudy, apparently. Who knew? Do you think that, you know, he was going crazy here a few weeks back when they released that director's cut, you know, with the new scene that everybody was <laughs> flipping out? Like, was he was he hardcore? Did he have a hard take on they should have had that scene in the original Rudy? I mean, if he's a true Notre Dame man, then yes, he was beating the table at Thanksgiving, letting everybody know that they should have kept that one in. Come on. Christopher says class of 1940, LOL. I mean, it was his great grandpa, you know, like the guy. It's like, yeah. it's not like, you know, the guy's been around. It was great granddad. Back I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. My grandfather was born in 1906, so he's even older than that. So, yeah, I mean, the timing makes sense, folks. You know, it's great grandpa. DK's in rare form. Wow. Already. So, wow. Coming after my Cowboys shirt. Just found out his whole family hates the Cowboys. DK slipped this one in er earlier. Why would Audric opt out of this show? He listens every night. Well, if that's true, Audric, welcome as always. Um, if you know if he really listens every night, but if that's true, he also knows where to go as soon as he declares for the draft. He is welcome on this show anytime. I mean, he's always welcome on this show. It's harder to get. You know, you can't get players on the show when they're playing. For Notre Dame, no. let's just put it that way. No, you can't. But once he declares, he right. is. 
you know, doesn't right have here. to worry about doesn't have right to here. worry about the shackles that bind him. <laughs> That's right. You know, as a as a as a Notre Dame player. I'll send you my email. You can contact me directly right here. Pre-draft. Look, you know, we would welcome that more than anything. Let's talk about Riley Leonard. Let's talk about Riley Leonard. I mean, John, go ahead. How long have we been waiting for this to happen? I mean, I know. This is like the worst kept secret on the face of the planet, not because of Irish breakdown, but because of a lot of other people out there that decided they had to, you know, let the beans spill. But uh, yeah, this is the worst kept secret, I think, of the season in the transfer portal of a guy that was going into the portal and where he was going to go with the no contact and everything else. Like, here he is at Notre Dame, finally able to make the announcement about 10 days later than we all wanted it to be people started to get a little worried yesterday you know i mean they were worried last friday <laughs> remember the, the day after why he committed he yet? on campus he's like, been off campus for eight hours why is he not committed yet ridiculous come on ridiculous <laughs> you know and we all saw the the video that came out right obviously that video was recorded when he was on campus and so yeah. shouldn't surprise a lot of people that it took a minute to put that together you know, get all the ducks in a row. Well done video, just like Sam Hartman. I don't know if, like, he put it together himself or if maybe he had a little help or, you know, whatever. But <clears throat> My guess is he had a little well help. Done. But, you know, that's just me, you know, speculating. He didn't use Foo Fighters like like Hartman did, you know. So that's a that's little bit of a ding <laughs> right there. Jesse's here, though. Jesse, after a full day of of work and guarding the Christmas tree. How are you today? I am well. I am still drinking coffee. That's uh, how long my day has been today. <laughs> and then right before we were about to go on, like 15, 30 minutes ago, my computer like froze. Like the internet uh, wasn't whoa. working. Nothing wasn't working. And so that last 15 minutes I needed to be right on time uh, kind of got screwed over. But I am here to join in on the excitement and the, uh, you know, we got the quarterback finally. It's the it's jubilation. Official. That's exactly right. We were actually, we had all these contingency plans. Like if the announcement came yesterday, okay, so if it happens at this time, this is what happens during the show. If it happens at this time, this happens during the show. But if it happens at this time, this happens during the show. And then fortunately we you know, fortunately we got the Sam Hartman news because we never got that announcement yesterday. So we got right. Rayleigh Leonard today instead. Jess, how big is this for Notre Dame? How big do you think this is, the Rayleigh Leonard commitment? Um, I think this was ultimately the biggest um, I guess you would say issue or, you know, the biggest question mark the, for the for the offseason is what they were going to do ultimately at quarterback. Was it going to be developing the young guys and giving them a shot? Was it going to be bringing in someone that experience um, and letting them take, you know, take the reins now? Um, or, or is it going to be a combination of, you know, getting Riley Leonard and also still developing Carr, uh, Minchie, maybe Angeli if he hangs around? while Leonard is playing as well. So I find it to be a huge deal. And I think what the, the bigger implication for me is that this is Jared Parker's guy. And I think I talked about that a little bit last week. I just think that this is for Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker. This is a big year 
because you went out and got your guy. You're sticking with your offensive coordinator and you're letting your offensive coordinator basically, you know, run the offense that he wants to run with the quarterback that he wants. And so I think you are lining yourself up to not have potential for more failure, but I think you're, you're inviting more expectations now for everyone. Oh, for sure. The expectations are going to be sky high now. And I just saw this. Where 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 did the comment go from from Michael about you know like we've been saying the portal wide receivers wouldn't be committing if they weren't sure who the quarterback was you know they had to have pretty good pretty good word on who the quarterback was going to be before you get wide receivers with that kind of experience and I think there's definitely some validity to that and things are going to look different I you know it's just I think that you know one. This is big because this is who they wanted. You know, this this obviously, as soon as the news that he was going to go into the portal came out, he was connected immediately to Notre Dame. And, and we know that there's been talk about this throughout the season. He had other options, Ohio State being one of those options. He picked Notre Dame. And, you know, it's because they're not just playing for the future. You know, even though there is a case that can be made, as we've talked about. Do you stick with them? Do you develop your own guys? Do you roll with that for a season and, you know, kind of let that lead you into, you know, infinity and beyond or or whatever? Or do you go out and make another move like this? And they decided that it was time to go out and make a move like this. They're saying it's go time. You know, we can win now time by getting not just the veteran quarterback, but those veteran receivers that they've got around him as well. I well, think a big thing too, Vince. Sorry to cut you off there, but I couldn't. I got a lot of thoughts going around in the head today, so I can't. I can't. I can't let it escape. I gotta, slow, I gotta get it out. Slow the roll with the coffee. Maybe that would help. <laughs> but I think, I think the pressure of the current college football landscape and transfer portal had an effect on Riley Leonard coming to Notre Dame as well, because it's one thing to say, "Yeah, we want to sit back and, and develop." Sure. But I, I just think with the portal and again in the NIL, like you have to win now and no one's going to be waiting on you to, to, to develop your quarterbacks and everyone else is going to the portal to get the players that they need to, to fill the holes in their roster. I mean, I mean, look at Colorado. They went out and basically got a whole new offensive line in the portal. So, you know, I get it that like it sucks. And yeah, I, I was on the horse of I, I would like to see Notre Dame develop quarterback, but at the same time, it's it's a win now type of situation. And with the portal, when you can go out and get players to win now, I think you have to go out and get your guy. So ultimately, I'm really happy that they went out and got Riley Leonard for that reason. But I, I guess what I'm saying is like five years ago, I don't know if we would have saw the same urgency, essentially. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Well, I would say that the clock started ticking on the 2024 portal quarterback the second that Tyler Buckner jumped into the portal. I mean, that's, you know, if you wanted a homegrown, if he would have stayed on the roster, Tyler Buckner would be the starting quarterback in 2024. He's the same type of quarterback as as Riley Leonard. Yeah. And then that's your I mean, that, own guy. And yeah. Then you that was part of the plan. That was you part of the original right. plan, but Tyler exactly. Buckner had other plans. Yes. So. And so, and that's fine. He did his thing and now he's going to go play lacrosse and that's great. But that started the, the clock on finding a transfer quarterback in the portal for 2024, because they're not ready to hand the reins over to Steve Angeli or Kenny Minchie or true freshman CJ Carr. They're just not ready to do that yet. This is a one-year bridge to get them to their homegrown, developed quarterbacks. That's the plan, right? right. And I, I also feel like they're really not ready to hand it over to Steve Angeli because he is the third year in the program or will be at that time. He'd be a true junior. Like If you were sold on Steve Angeli as the face of your program, then you would feel comfortable handing the reins over to him. I think they crossed him out of the comp, you know, the conversation. He they still want him on the team. They still want him to be a part of it. And again, this is me talking. It's not like I have inside information. But now it's like, okay, if we're not sold on him, are we sold on Kenny Minchie as a true second year redshirt freshman, essentially quarterback being the face of the team in 2024? Obviously, the answer was no. So they target the who they think is the best quarterback in the portal and they get them I mean there's people that think you know Cam Ward or whatever is the best quarterback or is it Riley Leonard what it doesn't matter Notre Dame thinks that Riley Leonard is the best quarterback in the portal for them Dylan Gabriel's pretty good too but he's already spoken for obviously but you're yeah to your point yeah but they didn't they obviously didn't make a run at Dylan Gabriel they made a run at Riley Leonard he was their number one guy on their board and that's who they ended up coming away with and so you know Kudos to the staff for knowing what they wanted and making it happen. And as they said before, 
wide receivers aren't committing here as transfer guys unless they know who the quarterback is. And so they, I mean, again, worst kept secret on the planet uh, as far as transfer people go is that Riley Leonard was coming to Notre Dame. Absolutely. Jess, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll go around the horn. I mean, we've discussed him here a little bit and there's some comments we'll kind of throw in there. I do want to tell you what, before we do that, I want to clarify. I think maybe it kind of got clarified in the chat, but just in case people didn't see it and, you know, for people obviously listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see it. So Bryce was saying, I think Riley Leonard is a bigger pickup than Hartman. He has two years of eligibility and his ability to run is huge. He does only have one year of eligibility. He just finished his junior season. He was a freshman, as Josh says, in 2021. Then he played in he played seven games as a true freshman. And then yeah. he played a full season last year in 2022. And he played seven, seven. games this year as well. So he is over the limit in all three seasons. 2020 was the COVID season. So he doesn't get an extra year. 20 Freshmen in 2020 were the last freshman class to get that extra year of eligibility. So it's it's going to be another one-and-done type situation. Yep. It's not going to be two years for him. And that's what that's what Notre Dame wanted. They don't want a guy to be here for right. two years. And I'm just I just want to yeah, make sure that right. everybody knows that. So. Right, right. They that's not the plan. Like I I don't I I'm curious to see if they would have gone after Riley Leonard if he had two years of eligibility left, to be perfectly honest with you. I maybe they think that okay, he only needs one year, he can boost his draft stock, you know, whatever, and then he'll be out the door. Uh, but they wanted a guy for one year. I mean, that that is very clear uh that they did not want a guy that's gonna come here and start for two years. Exactly. Because of kind of what we were just talking about, that clock on their own development and getting their guys going that they're recruiting because they've got a lot more talent coming in, obviously, from from these high school quarterbacks with, you know, Minchie, CJ Carr and, um, uh, you know, Deuce Knight, you know, coming in and, and the whole thing, you know, so like doing a bang up job, you know, recruiting right now. So. Jess, what do you like most about what Leonard is going to potentially bring to the Irish offense now? Um, I think the number one thing that I would be excited for is his dynamic playmaking ability um, in terms of, you know, designed run plays uh, and, and running kind of true RPO concepts. Um, and then also when the, the, the ability to extend plays when the pocket breaks down, you know, like when, when we watched, and it's not to the same degree, so before I, I have to clarify that before um, people in the chat get on me, it's like Caleb Williams. You know, like how frustrating was it when Notre Dame played at USC two years ago and it felt like every time Caleb Williams was under pressure, he was avoiding the pocket, making a, a run, you know, or, or finding a way to throw the ball on the run. That's uh, the ability that Riley Leonard brings, um, in my opinion. And when you have the talent that they have at running back, I think you can get really creative in terms of your RPO scheme, um, maybe potentially having, you know, two backs on the field at the same time, but just things here and there to fully utilize, you know, Leonard as a runner um, and the, the running backs that can kind of go with him. And of course the passing game that's going to come off of it because you're, you're going to have to commit an extra player uh, into the box, you know, depending on who you are defensively to account for Riley Leonard. So that should give you, you know, favorable matchups in the passing game, et cetera. So just when you add the ability 
to be dynamic and extend plays and run, you know, design runs. I just, it makes the defense's job that much harder. It's one more thing to be responsible about. Vince. Sorry, dealing with the, uh, you know, some extras in here. Um, no, I, that's, I'm, that's what happens when you get called at the last minute and you have to do it from your office. So, <laughs> you know, I got the brood here uh, at this, at this basketball game, but no, I look, I'm, I'm, um, I am not as sold as Brian and Ryan based on their show this afternoon. That doesn't mean I'm not excited about the potential. It doesn't mean I don't think it's the right move. It's just I need to sit back and watch some more film of Riley Leonard and, and see what he brings to the table, specifically when he's healthy, right? Guys, you can't be talking right now. Go away. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm very interested to see what that looks like, you know, but they are – adding an element to this offense that they haven't had in a long time that they, they had a runner in Ian book, but it wasn't like Riley Leonard as a runner, Riley yeah. Leonard is six, three. He's two, beefed 15. up. Like it's, this is a completely different scenario. They're, they're going to be running. They're going to be running read option. They're going to be doing yes. RPOs, but RPO people clearly don't understand what an RPO is. And that's kind of frustrating, but you know, they're, they're going to run read option where he There's is, a difference between read option and RPO. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So there, there's going to be a lot of different options. You're going to see a different offense from this team. I mean, it, it's going to be an adjusted offense because if they go and they run the Sam Hartman offense with Riley Leonard, why did you go get Riley Leonard? You could have had Steve Angeli and done exactly that. So the, the, they're going to change some stuff to adapt to what Riley Leonard does well. He runs the football really, really well, Sean. Yes, you're exactly right. And that's, you know, like you, when news about him started popping up during the season and people started talking about it during the, you know, I wasn't necessarily thrilled either. And maybe part of it is because we've just gotten so used to seeing what the Notre Dame offense has been the last few years. And now we watched <laughs> – we watched it this season, and I don't think we necessarily know what the Notre Dame offense is, or at least what the Jared Parker offense is. But as we've said, maybe going out and getting a guy like Riley Leonard signals more of what Jared Parker wants yeah. from his offense with what you were just talking about, the RPOs and those kind of things. And along those lines, I just, you know, the thing that I love the most watching him, you know, the toughness, the competitive competitiveness, the physicality when he needs it. You know, you see him run through a lot of tackles, and even just like standing in the pocket out of the backfield. All of a sudden, you know, it's like there are a couple of times where he swarmed and he just breaks out of this swarm. And the next thing you know, he's 30 or 40 yards running downfield. And I've compared him to Vince Young before. And look, Saying I'm comparing him to Vince Young doesn't mean that I'm saying he is Vince Young. I, I'm saying that there are similarities to their game, especially when you look at the stature that they each have, because they're both about the same size. You know, in that 6'4, six, 6'5 six, range, Vince Young probably had about 20 pounds on Riley Leonard. But, you know, they're both big, tall quarterbacks, you know, long running strides, both of them physical, and they've got, you know, fairly, you know, similarities with the arm slot, kind of the way they throw, you know, a little bit three-quarter, that kind of thing. And, you know, just just the way they play 
is very similar. Like you can like, you know, throw in some Vince Young highlights and you'll see, you know, yeah. then throw in some Riley Leonard highlights and you'll see some similarities. Again, Leonard's a little bit, you know, trimmer. And maybe that's the thing is, you know, like, especially if you are going to be that physical and run as much as he does, another 10 or 12 pounds of muscle wouldn't do him any harm, especially as he looks toward, you know, getting to the NFL and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, he had one of the best games of his career against Clemson, and they beat Clemson this year. And when I say one of the best games, I'm not talking about passing. I'm just talking about competitiveness, all those things. Like his play really, you know, and the play of their defense as well, you can say, but his play offensively is is essentially what pushed Duke to the win in that game, in the season yeah. opener. And it's not like Clemson didn't, you know, have any film on him. He, he played the whole sure. season the year before. They had a full off season to scout Riley Leonard and he still tore him apart, mostly with his legs. But, you know, so his play beat Clemson, and and unfortunately, Sam Hartman had one of his worst games against Clemson this year. So you really like the competitiveness and just a lot of the intangibles that Riley Leonard brings to the table, or at least well, I do. Yeah, and, and, and one last point, you know, Brian made this point in his show earlier today, and I thought it was a good one, was that, you know, the you know one of the things Marcus Freeman did before he went all in on on Riley Leonard is he talked to his defensive staff about what it was like to you know game plan against Riley Leonard. They said they had the worst time trying to game plan against Riley Leonard, and that's what teams are now going to have to deal with with Notre Dame as you know with Riley Leonard at quarterback. They're they're going to have to deal with Riley Leonard, and Notre Dame did a great job in the first half against Duke, if you remember. Watching that game, they shut Duke's offense down in the first half. What happened in the second half? Riley Leonard single-handedly brought them back in that game and arguably could have, should have won that game right. because of the way he played. And, you know, so you talk about adjustments, you talk about his legs, you talk about his playmaking ability, all of those different things, man. He made he made life really, really difficult for Notre Dame's really, really good defense in the second half of the game this year. Jesse, let me let – me... Throw this to you. And Vince, if you have to go at any point, we completely understand. But, you know, just just let us know. Kind of piggybacking off what Vince was just talking about, Jess. You're you're the middle linebacker. Okay, so now it's third and eight. How does Riley Leonard affect the way you have to defend the field? Third and eight, you're trying to prepare. You're trying to stop them. Yeah, I think the number one thing is a lot of times on, you know, like a long third and eight like that, you're assuming – um, you know, passing routes. And so uh, th they're going to try to extend the field uh, with different pass, uh, you know, different pass concepts. Um, and then if that play isn't there, usually you see the middle of the field kind of break down of, you know, where a potential kind of escape lane would be. And so as the play breaks down or maybe the coverage is good and the pocket is breaking down and Riley Leonard is stepping up into the pocket, now you're left one-on-one -on -one potentially, you know, it, even if you have a spy left um, on Riley Leonard, and if you don't, you know, it's going to be easy, easy, not easy, but there's that potential of, again, escaping up the middle. And then if you do have someone there, you're, now you're being asked to make a one-on-one -on -one tackle with a six foot three, 215 guy, you know, an open field. And so it's just, it's really a headache because it's just one more thing that you have to worry about ultimately. And you can defend the play, perfectly but if you don't account for the quarterback's ability to you know make an escape route somewhere it, it can feel like a failed play and so it's really frustrating when you do everything right but the one thing you don't account for is potentially a quarterback 
and now he scrambles and the drive continues and now you have a you know a whole a whole nother series of downs to try to stop him would you rather face leonard or hartman in that situation you know one you've got a little bit more precise passer for the most part in hartman but he's going to stay in the pocket most likely even though he can scramble but obviously you know that leonard is a true threat with his legs in that situation which kind of quarterback would you rather face I'd I'd much rather face someone like Hartman because again, like it's just it's it's almost adding like um you know a, another option to to the arsenal of what could potentially happen. And I know that Sam Hartman is you know probably a better thrower as the play breaks down or you know the potential to read defense. Um, but the thing is, like Hartman struggled against some of the better defenses. And as the pocket was collapsing, he really didn't do much to extend plays. And so I, I think for that, in that regard, I like Riley Leonard's ability to extend plays when everything seems to go wrong, or maybe it's a broken play. And, and he has the ability, he gives you that chance uh, more so than Hartman did to extend the play um, in some regards. And I think another thing that's hard with Riley Leonard is you can never lose, lose sight of him. And so if you're playing man to man, and you even, you know, think about potentially, you know, looking out as a linebacker to see, you know, diagnose the routes and try to get to your spot on the field. Well, that that split second of, you know, just turning your eyes away from the quarterback could be all all you need because it could just be a quarterback draw right up the middle. You know what I mean? It's just I, I think there's just so many more layers that you that you add when you have a dynamic quarterback. And I mean, again, ask Notre Dame two years ago against USC how frustrated they were with Caleb Williams. Sure. Absolutely. We were just I was just making the Vince Young comparison. TD4ND says, I'd take Vince Young. Well, I mean, you know, come on. Vince Young was Vince Young. I mean, like, you can make a case that he, you know, and like, they vacated the Heisman that season for one, and he finished runner-up to Reggie Bush. So he's got a claim to the Heisman if he actually wanted it. From what I understand, he actually turned down the opportunity to get that. But, I mean, like, he was the second-best player in the country, and he led his team to a national championship that season it's like yeah i'd take vince young too i'm just saying there are similarities you know because of you know the way they play and the way they you know they're just just the whole thing there's some similarities in the games there that's all i'm saying i would still take vince young though right now as well but that doesn't mean you know ask me at the end of next season let's see where we are jess can you bring up the that josh phillips comment the most recent one in the chat i think that's something uh, that's a, like a that's a very valid question. He's basically saying, you know, my only concern with Riley is what's stopping teams from loading the box and forcing him to beat you with his arm. I think that's essentially why Notre Dame went to the the transfer portal at wide receiver and got the guy out of um, FIU and and Clemson, especially the guy the FIU guy. They want to load the box. You let that 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 guy just go man on man with someone and 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 throw quick slants. You know, assume that your guy is going to beat them and throw slants or outs over the middle, just, you know, shorter, shorter concept passing routes and, and just let them beat you. And I, again, I think that's still that got to call me, slants though. You know, like it's like, <laughs> still got to call slants. We haven't seen that all the time. That's still something that has to appear. Yeah. I, I guess though, that uh, the main thing I was getting at is I feel like th that this question specifically was answered or thought of by Notre Dame coaches. And that's, you know, I know they had lack of depth at wide receiver to begin with, but I feel like they went out and got even more kind of proven explosive guys in terms of the pass game that could help you win one-on-one -on -one matchups if teams decide they want to load the box more. Sure. 
So Rudy Wave 84, how does Riley compare with Sam in making reads, working through progressions? And, you know, based on we've kind of talked about this before, and then I'll let Vince kind of answer some of the stuff that I have read, some of the, you know, kind of scouting report type stuff from actual, you know, scouts on Riley Leonard is the the progression stuff. Um they rate him, I believe it was like a six out of 10, you know, in that range. So a little bit above average. I think that that's definitely something that uh, when you look at his game, that needs to be improved. Just the the ability to, you know, to make more than one or two reads and then take off running type of thing. I, I think that there's definitely a lot that he can still uh, grow at in that department. I would say... I would not compare him to Sam Hartman because Sam Hartman was terrible at that the second half of the season. So, and that's what's it, crazy because it seemed like that was a strength of his. I know? thought so coming in as well. And yeah. I don't, I think to be honest with you, you know, again, hindsight is 2020, but you look at the offense that he came out of at Wake Forest, there wasn't like two, three reads, it was handoff. Or throw it to the one read. Like, it was a lot of one read stuff. Um, And so you didn't really have a chance to see him sit back in the pocket and just go through reads. And so he wasn't very good at going through reads at Notre Dame. And so I don't know that I would compare the two because even if I said that Riley Leonard is better than Sam Hartman, I don't think that's setting the bar very high, to be perfectly honest with you. So, I again, I need to go back and watch a little bit more film on Riley Leonard and see him sitting in the pocket, going through reads and things like that, watching his head. You know, is he looking off a safety one way, coming back another way? Like, I need to see some of that stuff. I just haven't had time over Christmas break, as I'm hoping to have a little bit more time, start going through that kind of stuff. But as of right now, I mean, the jury is still out, but I would take the Sam Hartman piece of it away because that's not the comparison well, that I would make. Yeah, I mean the other thing you know, watching some of Riley Leonard, you know, the chances that I've got to see some of his stuff. I mean, he has a good completion percentage, but you also don't see him making a lot of contested throws. There's not a lot of 50-50 balls, not a lot sure. of back shoulder type stuff. Sure. You know, you don't see him thread the needle a lot. You know, once or twice, you know, you'll see it, but the majority of his throws that you know that that you see yeah haven't looked like that and so you know that's again you don't see a lot of the deep shots downfield even and 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 that kind of stuff you know you'll see you know a nice you know little fade and stuff like that now can he can he can he work it you know beyond the hashes and and that kind of thing yeah you know he can do that kind yeah. of stuff i'm he's not saying a he's got arm. a weak arm by any yeah he's got a strong arm this way right I just haven't. I haven't seen a lot of deep balls, to be honest. There, with yeah, you. there, there, there are other parts to his game that we haven't seen them sure. ask him to do in that in that Duke offense. Right. I think the best comparison that I could give Riley Leonard to in terms of um, offense is like Jalen Hurts. The way that they ask him to run the offense with the Eagles, I feel like is very similar. Like Jalen Hurts doesn't take a ton of downfield throws. Um, he does, you know, design quarterback runs. They do RPOs where it's very quick, get the ball out. Um, and, and he lets his, you know, his wide receivers do the work. It's it's DK Metcalf. It's Devontae Smith. It's it's Goddard when he's healthy. 
They're not I mean, asking AJ Brown. I know, I know, I know AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, you know, look Sorry. like the same guy and they played in college together, but yeah, <laughs> you got to mix it. And they're actually, I think playing against each other this week, but yeah, it's uh yeah. AJ Brown is the guy you're talking about. AJ Brown, big physical wide receivers, just allowing your wide receivers to kind of do the dirty work for you. And then, you know, another thing too, I, I thought might like might be interesting is, and I didn't realize this, the, the, the concept of, you know, the West coast offense, Keep going, Jess. Vince has got to go. Thanks, Vince. Oh, see you, Vince. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> um, I thought you guys were like, oh, you can't hear me. Um, no, but the, the the whole concept of the West Coast offense is, you know, drop on, you know, one, two drop, and you're looking at your first two reads, and if nothing is there, you're essentially dumping it down or dump, getting in her way. I think that's the type of, you know, a tempo you'd like to see out of Riley Leonard is if he's not great in progressions and he, if, if he's not great downfield and, and these are ifs, you know, I don't know hundred percent yet, but if he's not good at those things, you can do things of, okay, one, two, one, two on the read. It's not there. Let's move on. Let's, you know, maybe, you know, run the ball, scramble out. Let's dump it down to a running back, whatever that might be. I, I think that there are definite ways that you can build around him. And, and those were the two kind of examples that came to mind. TD4 indeed did Leonard have the responsibility to change plays at the line of scrimmage at Duke based on what I saw that like, I don't think so, but you know, again, like a deeper dive on that. Something maybe that we find out down the line. I, I, I don't think so, but more to be gleaned on that. Andrew says, I don't think this next year is about Leonard. It's about Parker. He better put in yeah. offensive adjustments that appeal to Leonard's best traits Better tight end passing game involve our athletic running. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent agree with that. So do you? It sounds like. Yeah, and and again, if in out of those RPO looks, uh, and teams want to play man, you know, we talked about the slants. It's it, it is a very easy way for Notre Dame to get their dynamic backs out of the backfield the ball. You know, maybe you're swinging them out. Maybe it's a you know an out route. Maybe they're sitting underneath potentially more screens. Whatever it might be, you have to find ways, especially when teams are going to load the box and play man, to get your favorable running backs in man-to-man situations with maybe a blitzing linebacker, maybe a linebacker that is you know, having to make up space uh, to get out and guard a running back on their perimeter one-on-one. Whatever it might be, I think there's a lot of ways, again, mainly revolving around two backs and, and RPOs and, and read options of getting your running backs uh, involved in the game more. Yeah. This is a different kind of quarterback, and it, while the offense in general might be, you know, like what they're going to run, you've got to play to the strengths of Riley Leonard. You know, he you know like he plays from the pocket. He's not necessarily, you know, a you know big rollout, you know, throw on the run kind of guy. He'll stand in the pocket, but then you know when things start to break down, that's when you see him take off. And they obviously do some design stuff as well but you've got to find a way to play to the strengths of this particular quarterback especially one with three years of experience who you know let's be before that injury against Notre Dame he was he was being hyped man like they you know like he was he was getting a lot of NFL talk for this year you know and and that changed yeah he was a first round grade pretty much yep so yeah, you've got to build around him. DK says now that we got rid of Vince, can we be honest about everything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, DK. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I wanted to I wanted to talk about this because the Buckner the Buckner stuff was coming up in the chat and Pat says can Buckner walk on the football team scout team stuff you know look if Tyler Buckner wants to just be a scout team quarterback I mean I suppose there's a conversation to be had with with Marcus Freeman and and Jared Parker and company but you know Tyler Buckner is already committed to play lacrosse for Notre Dame and that in itself, plus being a Notre Dame student, is a big commitment. Playing one sport and being a student at Notre Dame is a huge commitment. So that's that's like he's really got to want to be, you know, just part of the football team if all he's going to do is show up and be a <laughs> scout team quarterback, you know? Because, like, I, again, I saw, like, the stuff about scholarships and all that because then the other aspect to this is – because lacrosse gives partial scholarships, just like with Jordan Faison this year, if Tyler Buckner were somehow thrust into action next season as a walk-on who's got a partial scholarship, then Notre Dame, then the football team has to be responsible for a full scholarship for him. As soon as he plays one snap with the football team, he's got to be given a full scholarship. So there's there's a lot more than just, well, Tyler Buckner's been here before. He's coming back with the lacrosse team. Can't he just be a scout team quarterback or whatever? I mean, there's a lot of desire that he's got to have just to roll out there and be the scout team quarterback because going in, because again, looking at where they are now with the quarterback situation, not to mention the quarterback situation that they kind of thrust, you know, that he kind of thrust them into by leaving after last year, there's there's a lot more than just saying, hey, Tyler Buckner, come back and be a scout team quarterback. There's a lot more to it. You know, I, quite honestly, I'm just done with the Tyler Buckner talk. And I think that Tyler Buckner is done with football. I think Notre Dame is done with Tyler Buckner and his potential playing football at Notre Dame. I think he came back to Notre Dame and, and realized that's where he wanted to finish his degree. Um, and, and he found a way to continue to be athletic and competitive. And that's playing lacrosse look I, I don't think that anyone is just going to come and say hey you can use me as a scout team quarterback yeah. like it's already that he's already got a full-time commitment with one sport and then you add you know full-time commitment for a second sport where you're there's nothing like there's no reward for you right like there's no you, you're just showing up and, and essentially helping out by being a scout team quarterback there's no guaranteed playing time there's no guaranteed anything and so it's just like I, I feel like it's just done and over with it. I think the, again, the only reason why it's news is because he is coming back to Notre Dame in general, but it's, 
it's just over. Like, I, I don't think Tyler Buckner wants to play football again. I, I think that's all over with. And it's it, it, that's where it should be. It's just settled. Like they have way better options at this point. Everyone has moved on. Yes, yes. And you know, as Bryce just said, noted, I mean, he was a highly recruited. Look, you know, he was a top lacrosse recruit in the nation. So the like, this is a legit. You know, he obviously hasn't played lacrosse for a few years, but this is a legit lacrosse player that they're going to get. And they also are going to sign the number one lacrosse recruit in the country. And he's going to do the phase on thing next fall as well, where he's going to walk on to the football team. We'll see where that ends up going. But I mean, you know, they just won a national championship and they're, they're getting a, uh, you know, as a result, they've, they've gained a lot of recruiting momentum. And the fact that they're getting Buckner back is actually big for the lacrosse team potentially. So like, like let him, you know, if he wants to play lacrosse, let him, Play lacrosse and, and get that figured out. A um, couple of different things. Joe, I'm going to save one of your questions that you had about Minchie and Angeli for rapid fire because we've got a similar question coming up there. But Joe says, while I agree that Leonard raises the ceiling of the team, given the upcoming schedule next year, does he add wins that wouldn't normally be there finally? Or are you concerned about how he fits? I mean, I don't you know, think he potentially adds wins, but I think he gives you a, a better uh, in the games where you might be the underdog or where it's going to be more of a fight. I think he gives you more in those type of games, essentially. So I don't again, I don't he might add a, a win or two, like maybe a win. But again, it, where the I think he's going to be most important in those games where like it really matters, assuming they make a playoff or, you know, whatever it might be. I think he that's the main the main role of of where Riley Leonard fits and why he was brought in because it's not, it's not just getting there. It's excelling in those games. Yeah. I mean, the biggest games that you've got coming up next year are going to be Louisville, Florida state, Texas A&M, and then probably USC number four after that, depending on how USC is able to hit the portal and <laughs> address their needs next year. But I don't, I don't think that he necessarily adds, but by having him, you have, like, like, look at the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. And I'm definitely not trying to take away, you know, like put any positive spin on, oh, you played close and that's a good thing or whatever. But my, my point is, would that game have been as close if you didn't have Sam Hartman last year? You know, like, would, would, it, have, would it have come right down to the wire? You're within a field goal at the end. I think that at the very least, by having a guy – of the level of Riley Leonard, you are at least in a highly competitive game. And without him, like if you have one of these rookie quarterbacks next year, I think you're worrying a heck of a lot more about whether or not you're going to win that game than if you have Riley Leonard, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, the fit, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm, I'm definitely not worried about like the off field stuff. you like, you look at the video and I think it was Xavier Watts and Benjamin Morrison that was with him in the video that he put out today and just everything that you hear. And, you know, like he, he, he definitely seems all in on Notre Dame. I think that, the, you know, that it is why this was really kind of a foregone conclusion that it ever happened. So I'm not worried about any of the sort of intangible, how he connects that kind of stuff. And, and from, his game standpoint, uh, again, it's it's on Jared Parker now to 
to adjust what he's going to do around the skill set that Riley Leonard brings. You don't bring in a quarterback like this and try to make him that proverbial square peg in a round hole. You've got to play to his strengths. That's what it's. That's what the whole thing is about if you're bringing in a guy like Riley Leonard. Joe asked if I am still refreshing Twitter over and over today. Uh, once this announcement was made, no, I was not <laughs> refreshing Twitter over and over today like I was yesterday. Uh, D-Rock Irish said, North Carolina State podcaster said, former wide receiver Bo Clemson wide receiver Bo Collins is a receiver where a 50-50 ball would turn into 80-20 reception by Collins. Solid pickup. I like that. The guy's got skills. It's part of why they went out and got him. Beefeater NDOA. He said, this may be the Chick-fil-A peppermint milk chocolate shake talking. But what is the point of high school recruiting now that they can just buy players in the portal? Dante Moore is cheap now. One, I wouldn't want to go after. I wouldn't have wanted to go after Dante Moore after all the drama in recruiting that let you know led him to committing, decommitting, you know, Oregon. Then he ends up at UCLA, and now after one year, he's leaving UCLA. I mean, would you really want that? But just look at where the Heisman trophies are going. What is it? Five of the last seven Heisman winners are are transfer guys. Like it's it's where college football is right now. And we talked about it last week. This is essentially the free agent era of college football. And I, you know, like I get what you're saying, but I think that if they stick to what their plan is right now, that this is going to be at least for the short term, the last time they go to the portal to get a guy like this, they address a short-term need, and with the receivers that they've added and with more additions that they're planning to make, I think it makes them a definite college football playoff contender right away, whereas even though you know there is a case to be made for developing your own guys, I think that you're, you're probably more in the we're hoping to be in the college football playoff picture than we're planning to be in the college football playoff picture with what they've gone out and done with this kind of move. What do you think? Yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's just, we've entered essentially a, a new way of playing college football. And I think you can be silly, like someone like Dabo, Dabo Sweeney and, you know, be resentful to kind of the changes or you can be open and embrace them. And Notre Dame is willing to, you know, be proactive and say, Hey, our quarterback situation is not where we want it to be. That's not how we anticipate it to be forever, but we also want to be competitive. Now we want to win now. And so I think you can do both of those things simultaneously. And that's, that's the number one benefit to the portal to me is you can still you know, if, if you have a lot of talent elsewhere, you can still go out and fill the void while also developing guys in the background. The thing you is, you can supplement you know, your roster. You can supplement yeah. your roster with it. Yep. And so uh, to me, like that's all fine and dandy, but the measuring stick is one, how does this offense adapt to Riley Leonard's skills? And two, is that the offense that you're going to run in the future? And how, how are you going to develop those guys in, in the background again? Because 
it's one thing to say, hey, we're just doing this one year. And then when, a year later, you know, you can't be like, oh, yeah, we're just doing this for a year because we're not we're you know, we're, we're developing. And so I truly still need to see that development. But I'm still appreciative of Notre Dame's proactiveness to go out and willingness to win now because they're, they're the rest of their roster is loaded in a lot of areas. And so it's just you have to do things to kind of keep everyone up to the same playing level. Yeah. Troll Sniper says this is definitely a temporary fix. They aren't recruiting CJ Carr and Deuce Knight with the intent of going back to the portal for a quarterback. It's a quick fix. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, look what, you, you know, again, you got the quarterback, you got two very experienced receivers who can play outside specific kinds of receivers. One can pay, you know, one's more boundary. One is more field. You've got one of each with all these slot guys that you've got. I'll save that talk for, you know, rapid fire because we're going to talk some receivers with that in a little bit, but uh, they've addressed some specific needs already. And, you know, Jordan Clark on the other side of the ball to be a nickel guy. And, um, you know, they're not done with the transfer portal either. There's still potentially including one big move that could be happening here in the very near future. One that I think would be considered pretty big, but um, they're not done. They're not done. There's, there's still moves that they're going to be making in the portal. Andrew says, I like, Leonard's big game experience played very well in the second half against Notre Dame. Also game one versus Clemson was a big game. Clemson was fully healthy and he beat them with his feet, you know, and that's definitely like when you look at, you know, I, I know that I've seen some Irish fans say, well, I'm not impressed with him, you know, from what they saw in the Notre Dame game. And, you know, that's probably the biggest impression that a lot of Notre Dame fans do have of Riley Leonard is how he played in that game. Let's not forget how good Notre Dame's defense is, though, and the fact that, you know, they made him look that way for a majority of the game. But as you just said, you know, like he led them back. You know, they had the lead. They got the lead back. You know, he had a nice second half. He made, They made some adjustments against Notre Dame's defense. He He made some throws and he made some plays with his feet as well. But the Irish were able to pull it out in the end, fortunately. But, um, you know, he... He went up against some good defenses this year, and I do like the experience that he had going up against. Like, like I said before, he beat Clemson. Like, the reason they beat Clemson was because of the way their defense played, and because of what Riley Leonard, the kind of plays that he was able to make predominantly with his legs in that game. And it's definitely another element that we're going to see to the offense that we really, you know, that we we haven't really seen since Brandon Wimbush. But the difference is this guy can can throw more consistently and more accurately than Brandon Wimbush, even though, you know, he's, you know, again, there's some areas of, you know, in terms of accuracy where he can improve, but he's going to be a lot more accurate than, than Wimbush was. Agreed.